You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Sob here, continuing our series, talking to NLC alums who are educators and trying to solve the challenge and the puzzle of reopening schools. 2020 NLC Columbus fellow Jess Rebeck is here. She works for a school organization, so she's all in the thick of things. So very excited to hear her perspective. Let's get to it. All right, Jess, why is the challenge of reopening schools so hard, in your opinion? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's sort of like the perfect storm of all the different things that might impact a student's educational experience all in one place coming <laughs> into focus at the same time. Um, so we've been just seeing a lot of really, you know, complex uh, things to solve for from uh, figuring out how to provide, you know, meals that students would normally get at school to supporting students and families with remote learning to figuring out how to support our alumni who are uh, matriculating to college or to career. Yeah. And so you work for a group of charter schools in Columbus uh, called KIPP. And many people know KIPP because they have lots of schools across the country. I actually work for them out here in, in Los Angeles. Um, and then your work with KIPP is, is, yeah, like you mentioned, working with alumni trying to go to and through college. So given that angle and entry into the work, what's been the hardest uh, thing you've seen students face? What is the most uh, kind of pressing priority for them? I think the biggest thing, so I'm the director of our KIPP through college and career team here at KIPP Columbus. So we support um, students and families with every part of the college and career exploration, decision, and persistence process. Um, and the biggest thing we're seeing with our, our current students uh, is just thinking about how all the shifts and sort of the national landscape are going to affect their college applications, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it going to, is there a way to take the ACT safely? You know, is there a way to uh, continue that extracurricular involvement that's so important on applications? And then for alumni uh, who are used to going to a campus and having a space committed to learning, uh, figuring out how to replicate that same feel when they're at home and probably sharing space with a lot of other people and sort of navigating some of those accessibility challenges like Wi-Fi and time and things like that. And then, you know, since this has started, especially as we've gotten closer to school starting too, I feel like you've seen occasional headlines of uh, students will take a gap year or, uh, you know, these kind of more affluent choices that more affluent communities can make. And, mm -hmm. you know, the student population that KIPP serve uh, don't always have those those opportunities. Uh, you know, so so what ways are you and your team trying to make sure kids can still stay on track finishing if there is serious disruption or if there are uh, pressing family needs that legitimately a student who might be, let's say, a sophomore would need to take a year off to support family through these tough times. Like, how are you uh, supporting folks through through a lot of those different challenges that maybe more resource communities wouldn't have to deal with? Absolutely. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just the importance of maintaining strong relationships with our students and families. So just even being in a place where our Kipsters and their families feel comfortable telling us the challenges they're facing. Mm. Then to get more specific about that, you know, a huge thing that we're seeing is just like the general inequity around tech and Wi-Fi access uh, for our students and their families. So uh, specifically at KIPP Columbus, we are a one-to-one -one school on technology, so every student has a Chromebook. Um, but those Chromebooks really don't do a lot if you don't have the internet, right? <laughs> um, so we've been providing Wi-Fi hotspots to our students, and we're exploring um, with the majority of colleges starting remotely for the beginning of the year, how we can create safe and supported workspaces 
uh, for our recent Kip Columbus High graduates to be able to work, to be able to get food that they'd otherwise be getting from their room and board plans, and to feel like they have the same supports um, that they'd be able to get on campus. Things like being able to go to a learning center, have someone read over your paper, things like that. How can we transfer that from in-person to virtual support and even transferring sort of like who students might go to for these different things? Yeah, I was going to ask, are there any universities or colleges that you've seen do the transition to, to whatever this fall semester will look like to do it really well? What kind of things stand out as like, oh, that's actually uh, uh, the right way to do it or like a really high level of service? What things have Im- impressed you so far? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the blockbuster hit movie, Sully, but oh. we have an anchor <laughs> phrase around here that a delay is better than a disaster. Mm. And so the schools that have really, really been kind of like knocking our socks off with this have been ones that are oh, like extremely communicative to share their thinking, but slow in their decision making. Because what we're what we're seeing right now is schools who have said they're going to open with a hybrid model are now walking that back a little bit. Mm. And so we have to sort of like back end kind of plan for that. But I will give a major shout out to Shippensburg University in Pennsylvania, um, <laughs> which has an incredible summer bridge program, three weeks of online courses in a cohort environment for first gen students. Um, normally kids would be on campus for that, but they ran the entire thing remotely. Um, and it's been really, really exciting to watch. It's the first time we've had a student matriculate there. So, uh, it, you know, it's been really, it's been really interesting to see colleges, which sometimes can be seen as a little, you know, traditional, have to be really agile really, really quickly. Yeah. When we come back with Jess, we'll talk more about the challenge of reopening schools and what students are facing and what folks who are trying to support them are facing. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. You know, one of the interesting parts of doing the podcast with alums across the country, especially during COVID times, is each state is having such a different reaction to so many different aspects of this uh, pandemic, right? From from masks to opening to not opening. Me being out here in, in relatively blue and progressive Los Angeles compared to Ohio, how would you describe what the, the school district uh, kind of messaging has been or even just kind of like the state messaging? How does that fit into how you've interacted with the student community? Uh, well, here in Ohio, we were really blessed with an incredibly strong opening response, um, led by our Ohio director of public health, Dr. Amy Acton. I will stand for her forever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) unfortunately, you know, in Ohio, it's just kind of been a really clear example of this is why we can't have nice things. So, um, what, what came out as a really strong response, we were one of the first states uh, to move to remote learning, to institute a mask mandate, all these different things have been walked back, I think, a little bit more quickly um, than we would have hoped. And we're kind of feeling the effects of that now in, in an uptick in infections. So I'll say that here at KIPP Columbus, we've been uh, really trying to communicate with families as much as we can and really extended a lot of our supports over the summer not only to be able to give families what they need, but also just to increase our touch points with our community and see how people are doing and see what they need as frequently as we can. Um, so I'll say we we just decided about a week and a half ago that we were going to start the year remotely. And while it was challenging sort of in that in-between time to be running through all the different scenarios, um, I'm really pleased with with what we've decided and we've created the space to be able to come back um, mid-year if it seems that that's going to be a good fit. 
And then for folks that aren't in education, but obviously care about kids and, and what I assume then care about schools and how this all goes, what would you want sort of the layperson to follow in the news? Or where would you suggest that they go to kind of keep tabs on on how well this is working or not working so they can be supportive if there's any way that they can? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I would say the first thing is just like getting an understanding of your local landscape and seeing how things um, are progressing with infection rates in your state is probably the best thing you can do. Um, and then just sort of checking on what are the different pieces of news that are coming out from your state department of education and from your local public district. Um, a lot of school districts in major cities are, are bigger than an entire small town here in Columbus. Uh, Columbus city schools educates over 60,000 children a year. Mm. Um, and I think that we, can kind of see from that how not only school is kind of like the launching place for a number of social services that are provided to kids, um, but then how, you know, messages are transmitted and people are communicated with. So um, as your school district continues to send out updates, you can kind of see how they're filtering through all the information that's out there for all people um, and focus it specifically on kids. Well said. Well, listen, make sure to do all those things that Justice told us to do. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Zag. I'll give you something to do as well. Make sure to check out all past episodes in the last two or three weeks or so. We've been dropping a lot of them, talking to educators who are approaching this challenge of reopening schools from all different angles, from higher ed to elementary school. We've talked to principals. We've talked to policy people, mental health folks. Get those in all the places you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google. It's all there. Download and subscribe. And until next time, we'll catch you soon. <laughs>